2: To Christian Parent, Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this vitally important question, why does the Bible say dot, dot, dot? (laughs) fill in the blank. Ooh, (laughs) yeah, this is going to be a good question. We are digging in deep here, mamas and papas. We are getting out of the kiddie pool and we're going off the high dive into the deep end. But don't worry, I've got some floaties for you. I've got some water wing muscle tubes made just for you. And you know, we're not going to be diving into the deep end in a complicated kind of way just yet, but rather in a, hey. Why don't we talk about this kind of stuff in the church more these days kind of way, you know? You know what I'm talking about? This is going to be a two-part series, at least, maybe three. I don't know. I'll figure that out as we go along. But I want to be really honest with you here, really personal Our family has, honestly, we've recently started looking for a new church. Now, we are not church hoppers. We don't do that. But one of the main reasons why we are on the hunt for a new place of worship is because we were concerned about the fact that there are parts of Scripture that we are not talking about. We aren't preparing our kids to understand what these sections of Scripture mean and why they are there. We are not answering the difficult questions. Kids are getting off into college and even in high school, and they are hearing parts of the Bible that they have never heard before, and they are confused. What does this mean? Why, why is that there? Why didn't my pastor ever talk to me about that, or my youth leader, or my parents? And too often, The first time that kids encounter these difficult parts of the Bible is when an atheist professor brings them up in class or a friend who is a secular humanist challenges them in the cafeteria or at work. And these kids are getting blindsided because they didn't cover those topics in Sunday school or in their youth group. (sighs) Mamas and papas, we are not doing our kids any favors when we skip these parts of the Bible. We aren't. In fact, I think we are setting them up for failure. I actually wrote an article a while back on this topic of how to deal with the difficult or disturbing parts of scripture. I'm going to talk to you more about that in the next episode, but I'll go ahead and link that article for you here in this episode so you can go ahead and check it out. But in this episode, I want to share with you a prime example of what can happen when a young Christian goes to church all of his life and then goes off to college and gets blindsided by parts of scripture that he never really thought about before. We just kind of, you know, skim over them in the church or for the first time, a kid gets questions about parts of the Bible that he's never even heard before. We're going to talk about that. Then I'm going to give you seven guidelines on how to approach these sections of scripture yourself and with your kids. Super practical. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, so let's get started.
0: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day, with prompts like "Who made you laugh today?" or "What would you do if you had a tail?" These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
2: Alrighty, so I've already mentioned to you before that I am studying Christian apologetics at Colorado Christian University. I know that I've told you what Christian apologetics is many times, but, but, you know, we learn by repetition. So I'm going to repeat myself, and, you know, people are always jumping on board the Christian Parent Crazy World train every day. So this might be your first episode, if it is. Welcome. We are so glad that you are here. And if you've been around for a while, welcome back. (laughs) We're so glad that you stuck around. So Christian apologetics is the field of study that defends the faith. It explains why the Christian faith and the Christian worldview are rational and logical. So it bolsters the faith of those who believe, and it offers compelling reasons why we should believe Christian apologetics is evangelical in nature because it persuades the lost with evidence. So one of her textbooks this semester is called, uh, it's called A New Kind of Apologist. This is an awesome book that is edited by Sean McDowell, who is a very well-known figure in the field of Christian apologetics. He got a lot of notable apologists to contribute to this book, which, by the way, is so, so easy to read and understand. The chapters are, are short. Seriously, you could like get through a couple of them in your lunch break. So there is this chapter by Dan Kimball who is a pastor and author, and the title of the chapter is, <laughs> don't blame us, it's in the Bible. I love that. It's so great. Don't blame me. I didn't say it. Yeah. So I, I want to read some sections of that chapter to you. It's so good. The first part has to do with this young Christian who went off to college. I know we talk about this a lot, but that is what the show is about. And this young man encountered some sections of the Bible that he had never really thought through before, and some other sections that he had never even heard. And the people back home in his church couldn't answer his questions. Kimball says, quote, I recently spent over three hours talking to a college student who sees himself as an atheist. Two years earlier, he was a leader a leader in his college ministry group on campus. He grew up in a Christian home and was highly involved as a leader in his youth group. I was meeting with him because his campus leader put him in contact with me because she wasn't sure how to respond to what was happening. In other words, she could not answer his question. She was the the Christian leader in the campus ministry that he was at. So uh, Kimball continues. He says, in his case... He was studying the Bible in his campus group when he noticed the Exodus story of the firstborn in Egypt being killed, a story he had read and heard multiple times about God rescuing Israel and putting more and more pressure on Pharaoh. But as a college student, the story was very unsettling to him. He began wondering if the New Testament story of Herod's soldiers killing boys under the age of two in Bethlehem was such a a horrific act. Why then is it okay when God does something similar? Good question. Yeah, yeah. This really troubled him, which led him to ask his small group leaders about it. He was disappointed with the lame answers he received. Answers like, yeah, I don't know. But when we get to heaven, we might know. This left him Even more unsettled, end quote. Wow. So the young man gets online after this. But By the way, it's just amazing. He's going to his youth leaders, the leaders in his college campus ministry group, and they can't answer his questions. So then he goes and gets online and finds these websites that are bashing the Bible. There are lots of them out there, folks. And and he comes up with all of these other questions like, why do women speak in church when 1 Corinthians 14 says that it is a disgrace for women to speak in church? I've written an article on that one, by the way, actually a series of articles. I'll link that one specifically in case you want some answers for that question. He had questions about slavery and polygamy, on and on and on the list went. Kimball says, quote, he asked his parents about these, these sections of the Bible, and they weren't even aware of some of the verses that he discovered. He asked his former youth leader, and even he wasn't quite sure how to answer the questions. The people he trusted the most seemed to merely accept the authority of the Bible without really knowing much of what's in it. Ah. So uh, Kimmel continues, he told me that this so shook his foundations that he went into a strong period of doubt. The more he searched online, the worse it got as he discovered how evil God and the Bible really were. He eventually felt he could no longer believe and abandoned his faith. (sighs) So now this is really fascinating. Kimball says what was most stunning about listening to his story was that he wasn't mad. At the church, he had a really good experience at his church. He wasn't thinking his church was irrelevant or boring. They had great music, very lively and active programs for youth and college age. The preaching addressed felt needs about relationships, understanding who Jesus is, about salvation through the cross. The church wasn't judgmental. It was It was kind and loving. He wasn't mad at his parents either. He knew he was loved and cared for by them, but the church had not addressed these types of questions he now had, and nor were they prepared to adequately address them when he asked. So his Christian faith unraveled. Kimball says, I'm hearing more and more and more of, of stories like this. So am I. So am I. This happened with my daughter's youth leader, too. The leader was was homeschooled in a Christian setting, graduated and went to a Christian ministry school. Yeah. But then some rough stuff happened and she is now an atheist. This is happening a lot. So Kimball, finally, he goes on to say, our ignorance of the difficult parts of the Bible is catching many Christians off guard. And then he talks about speaking in a megachurch on this topic, and four sets of parents, four, came up to him and said that their college-age son or daughter had recently abandoned their faith because they discovered verses in the Bible that they never realized were there. And that sent them on a downward spiral. This is all too familiar. I, I think that we can all agree that there is a problem here. There is. And we are part of it. The church is part of it. We don't live in a little house on the prairie anymore. Love that show. Oh, loved it. Grew up on that. I love Pa and Ma and Mary and and Half Pint. Yeah, you know, but we don't live there anymore. Haven't lived there for a long, long time. Our kids are going to find these difficult parts of Scripture, and we need to have some solid answers for them because they do exist. And it is our job as their parents to find those answers for ourselves, for others, and especially for our kids. So now let me give you those guidelines on what to do with these difficult sections of scripture. The first guideline is preemptive. Number one, take away the ambush. Take away the surprise attack. (laughs) The enemy can't surprise your kids with these tough parts of Scripture if you've already introduced them. Introduce them to your kids yourself. Don't let them get blindsided. If you've already addressed quite a few of these sections of Scripture, they will get used to the idea that, yeah, yeah, you know, there are some tough parts of Scripture. There are. But there are also reasonable and satisfying answers that don't discount the Christian faith. A, a really great resource for addressing some of these questions is a book by Mark Middleberg. It's aptly titled, "The Questions Christians Hope No One Will Ask." Ugh, great title, isn't it? That's a great place to start. Start, start doing some homework and some research. And I promise I'm going to keep bringing you more and more great resources on these topics so you can find those answers. Number two. If your child comes home to you with one of these really tough, why does the Bible say dot, dot, dot questions, don't ignore it. Don't give the answer that this college kid got. Maybe, you know, maybe when we get to heaven, we'll know. Um, no, (laughs) this kid might not make it there with an answer like that because he's not going to believe in heaven or hell or God or Jesus. Don't ignore the question. Don't give an answer that isn't really an answer. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have the answer off the top of your head, but it does mean you need to look for it. Say, you know, hey, half pint, um, you know, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to find an answer and don't rest until you find it. I mean, well, you know, (laughs) you can go to sleep at night and do some other necessary things. But make it a point. Make it a priority to find an answer. Ask someone who is spiritually wise. Research it online. Read some articles or some books. Keep searching. Number three, in providing an answer, don't Downplay it. Don't give a dismissive or inaccurate answer. This is the kind of, this is kind of like the last guideline, but sometimes you can give an answer that addresses the issue, but doesn't really answer the underlying concern. Well, well, you know, God is sovereign and in his omniscient wisdom, he determined that this course of action is right and just or, or if it weren't right, God wouldn't have let it happen. I actually heard that one recently. I did. Oh gosh, please don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. That is just a bunch of theological gobbledygook. It isn't an answer. So how do we find an answer, a real answer? Well, where we should start is so simple and yet we so (laughs) often forget to do this. Number four, pray about it. Hey, you guys, we got the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth living inside of us. And James chapter one, verse five says that if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God and he will give it. He will not rebuke you, but your kids might rebuke you if you don't have a good answer. So ask God to provide one. That's what he does. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us to the truth, to the answers. Then, number five, get to work. Mm -hmm. Address the question head on. Ask someone smarter than you. Research it. Read some articles on the topic or a book. Find answers. Yes, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, but you need to do some work. Ask God to help you find those answers, and he will. He will be faithful to do that as you are faithful to work for it. Number six, If you can't find the answer, keep looking. But while you do, stand on what you know. Mm -hmm. I'll talk more about this in the next episode. But sometimes answers can elude us (laughs) for a long time. Don't give up. Okay, keep looking, but I don't want to pretend like every one of these difficult sections of scripture and these difficult questions can be tied up with a pretty little bow promptly after looking up the topic in your Bible's glossary or doing a Google search. There are some questions that I have wrestled with for decades, and for many of them I have found Satisfying answers. For example, the question about women speaking in church. Why does Paul call that a disgrace in First Corinthians chapter 14?, I, you know, I researched that for years and I found some really satisfying answers. Check out that article. For others, um, you know, I'll be honest, I'm still looking. but my faith is secure because of all that I do know. I'm standing on what I know. I know God. And I've walked with him for five decades. I've seen him move powerfully in my life in ways that I cannot deny. I've seen the truth of scripture. I am convinced that the Christian worldview is the best explanation of human nature and reality. And God has brought many satisfying answers to a lot of these questions that used to keep me up at night as I've been faithful to search for them. So for now, I'm trusting God with the questions I still have. I'm still looking for answers. I'll never give up. But while I'm looking, my my faith is not unfounded. It's not unraveling. It's not on shaky ground because I'm standing
0: on what I already know. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day, with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or, what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
2: Number seven, finally, wrestle out loud. And by that, I mean, let your kids see you wrestle through these difficult parts of the Bible and of the faith. Because while you are standing on what you know, what some of you like me have spent decades wrestling through, your kids don't have that kind of history with God yet. And maybe you are newer to the faith and you don't have that kind of history with God yet. That's okay. (laughs) You know, we all start somewhere. Maybe you are closer to where your kids are and that's cool. You can walk with them, but we've all got to wrestle. Your kids need to see you wrestle with God for answers. Invite them into your journey. Model it for them because ultimately we want our kids to wrestle through these parts of the Bible themselves. Yeah, I've talked about that before in episodes two and three of Christian Parent Crazy World. Episode two is what is the key for our kids to have an authentic faith? The key is wrestling. We need to teach them how to wrestle with God like Jacob did. They need to see us doing that ourselves. Then in episode three, I gave you seven steps that you could take to help your kids learn how to wrestle in the faith. You may want to revisit those episodes if it's been a while or if you haven't listened to them. You should definitely, you should definitely check them out if you haven't heard them. I have an article also that contains those guidelines. I'll post all of that in our handy dandy link section on life audio and eventually on my website. I'm a little behind. Oh, I'll get, I'll get caught up. Okay. So we need to model this kind of faith for our kids, a faith that wrestles. We don't need to sit by and passively say, well, you know, I guess, I guess I'll know when we get to heaven. No, that is not good enough. If you have a spiritual leader who tells you that, then find some different spiritual leaders Find some pastors and some teachers who are willing to deal with these hard parts of scripture, who are willing to wrestle through them and wrestle through them yourself out loud with your kids. So, now, I just want to acknowledge that there are probably a few of you out there who are still bothered by that question that college kid had about why it's okay for God to take the firstborn of every Egyptian family and it's not okay for Pharaoh to take the young Hebrew boys and throw them into the Nile River or King Herod and the New Testament who killed all the Hebrew boys in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. Why was it okay to do that and it was not okay for Pharaoh and King Herod? You know, Kimball brought up that question earlier earlier that I read to you. If you recall, it was instrumental in causing that young man to abandon his faith. He couldn't find a good answer. You know, I have to say, um, I was a little perturbed because Kimball brought up that question in the article and, you know, the book, I, I mentioned a new kind of apologist and he never bothered to answer it himself. He just left it hanging out there in midair. You know, I, I know it wasn't the point of the article. Still, I was like, dude, what's up with that? You know, so you know what I did? I employed my own guidelines. I didn't dismiss the question or ignore it. I didn't downplay it. I actually, I actually prayed about it. Funny thing is, I was reading this chapter at a softball game. True story. So I'm sitting there on the third base side with my book in hand and I'm like, okay, God, why, why is that? Why is it okay for you to do this and not for them? And I addressed it head on. And you know what? The Holy Spirit led me to an answer that makes makes sense to me. It satisfies me. I was sitting there and I wrote it down in the margins of my book at the end of the chapter. And then I shared it with my daughter. I was proactive. I don't want that question to blindside her later in life. I want her to get used to the idea that these difficult questions have answers when we search for them. Now, I... I am going to give you that answer that I came up with in this series, maybe maybe the next episode probably, but we'll we'll see where it ends up. I'm also going to walk through a few other examples of how to deal with tough sections of the Bible, and I'm going to share with you a really phenomenal video that shows what can happen when we take parts of a story out of context and rearrange them like so many people do with Scripture. And I'm going to give you a really cool analogy on how to approach what we still don't understand because parts of it, you know, the the word says that we see in part, but eventually we will see it in whole. It's all going to be in this series. You don't want to miss it. A little housekeeping though, before we close out this podcast, I am finishing up a really crazy intense five-week class in graduate school and I cracked the screen on my computer. Yeah. I'm like, that happened? What? What in the world? Are you kidding me? This is crazy. I don't have time for this. Anyways, I've got to get that fixed in between classes and I'm trying really hard to stay on schedule with this podcast, but I have to send my computer off for repairs. It could take over a week. So if you think about it, say a prayer that I get it back really fast. In the meantime, why don't you come up with some of your own answers about Pharaoh and Herod and God? You can email those to me anytime at katherine at katherineseegers.com or message me on Facebook or compare them with my answers when we get to that later in this series. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is com. That's Katherine with the C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you. Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time.
1: Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, KatherineSegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com.
0: Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.